I think at this point in time, where I am in my life, if I'm living to 100, I'm like almost breath over halfway there. And I know that, that all of these things keep coming at us and we keep living through them in one way or another. And today we're talking to my dear friend, Colleen Cavanaugh. And this is a conversation for everyone because we've all had loss. We've all had loss some way, somehow. We've all been in a moment where we turned our own volume down. And this episode's for us. You're going to love it. I know I did. Let's get into it. So through learning who I am, I try to put myself in the spaces where I'm going to flourish. I love that idea of are you putting yourself in situations where you can flourish? Has it ever felt like you didn't have control over that? Oh, absolutely. For a decade, I took care of both of my parents who had terminal illnesses that I had no control over that. And I needed to step in and voluntarily jump in that roller coaster cart. And there was a lot of resentment on that ride. Tons of it, tons of wanting to go back to my old life, which by the time it was done, no longer existed because I wasn't the same person. I tried to go back to that life, sure, because I kept, I had this story in my head about that was, that's what was going to happen. And I realized like, oh, I don't even have control over going back to the thing I want to do because I'm different now. So everything I think that happens is out of our control. So losing the idea of this is what's going to happen next. I just, I find myself doing that less and being open to what is going to happen next. There's a big difference. That's a huge shift from I'm going to be somebody that plans and be in charge of the situation and what happens next to I'm going to let what happens next happen. Mm -hmm. I know what I would like to have happen. I'm going to prepare myself for it. But if it doesn't work out that way, I'm also prepared for that. What generated that shift for you? Realizing I have no control over anything, that things are going to pop up and just ex- and being in the present moment. Not, like realistically, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power of Now, is probably the single most life-changing book. And I went through 12 years of Catholic school where that was supposed to change my life, all of that indoctrination, like this one book. All we have is now. And when you sit in that, I can be having the most incredible moment with a stranger and just appreciating it for that. And maybe playing with how long can we stay in this bubble for and appreciating it and making it the most magical, beautiful moment we have. And if I'm in my head going, I can't hope to see them again. Oh my gosh, they're going to be my new best friend. Oh my gosh. Oh, they're going to be my husband. They're going to be like all the it takes you out of what you have right in front of you. And that's all we have. I think this episode is going to be coming out right before Christmas in that juicy part of the year where I need a pause button. 
There are moments where I want a fast forward button through specific hard moments. And there are moments that I feel like, oh my gosh, I didn't get to witness that as much as I wish I had. I want to rewind. I want to go back and get another shot at that. How can we bring that energy into this season, even when it isn't our kind of natural? This, I am going to use your own word, not against you, but for you. Yeah. Intention. It's intention. Yeah. You can expect certain things to happen. And if you can gamify it, almost so. How late is so-and-so actually going to be to this event? Because we know they're going to be late. Let's all take bets on it. Have some fun with it. Because it's inevitable. And if you're trying to fight the inevitable, you're always going to lose. And then realizing, maybe making your cup of tea and sitting and jotting down like your top three goals for this season and saying, I want to be more present. I want to take more pictures. I want to turn my phone off. And sticking it on your mirror in the morning and reminding yourself and getting yourself back on track because we're always going to fall off, but trying to have just a couple of, even if you get them into just single words, you can just like reminding yourself and pull yourself back in. Yeah. You are using my own words against me. It's true though. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in What isn't important? What isn't memorable? So to be intentional is an act of rebellion. I love that. Yeah. We lost a friend. August 13th. Four months ago. Four months ago. It feels like yesterday. It feels like yesterday. It feels like 100 years ago. There's no time to it. It's. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about the the timelessness that happens amidst realizing we all believe different things about what, what happens in the afterworld and where we go. And I can only speak to what right currently I believe and what I have felt through other losses. And I do believe we are source energy and we're here inhabiting these bodies and we are going to go back to the in back into the universe and i think just be so blissed out right like the joke like it's, it's so good nobody comes back haha and i have so clearly felt presence of loved ones who have gone on and i look for that every time now so when our very dear friend madison ascended as i am calling it into her highest self. Because honestly, I think she was, you know, too good for this world, too per- like she had it all figured out. It was like, okay, no more lessons for you. Like you came in, you nailed it. Like check, click, let's like on to bliss. And we're the ones like, wow, like I miss you. I, I can't joke with you. I can't have coffee chats with you. I can't traipse around New York City with you anymore. That feels selfish in a way. Because what I was given in that relationship was so profoundly beautiful and perfect and just something I'm never going to experience again in the same way that every moment I'm in, I'm never going to experience again. 
this moment, wherever anybody is listening to this, if you're in your car or under the covers or by the fire, like this very moment isn't happening. And what can you do to make it the best moment and, and appreciate it? It can't last forever. We all know these moments can't last forever. And unfortunately, I think when people are involved in that and they get taken from us, there's a feeling of being the little toddler and having your favorite toy taken away. Hey, I want it. Yeah. Grief is this weird thing where it reminds you to be appreciative. And it also can also take you under a little bit too. Oh, absolutely. How is this expression of grief different? That it's probably one of the largest losses I have ever experienced in my life. And I am not hiding under the bed looking for antidepressants and I am living more loudly than I ever have because I am here to be able to do that and she isn't and to not live as fully as I can in the ways that she taught me and encouraged me always to go do the thing like there was never a crazy idea I have insane ideas and she was always like you go do you babe and I need to keep doing that. And so I can hear her cheering me on in that way. Like in the way that I think we learned, like her sister was there cheering her on after she had lost her sister. She's somebody there guiding her. And I need to use her spirit to guide me to doing everything that there is to do here. And it comes out in weird ways, in uncomfortable ways, too. Like when, you know, right when I, before I, like, as I knew this was probably happening, and then right after the loss, I started running, like insanely running. And that is not my natural inclination. <laughs> but I was like, she can't run right now. Mm. Who am I? I have to run. And that's what I did. And, and I did that to keep my body chemically a little bit above drowning. And I tried to eat better because I knew there was a tsunami of loss upon me and I could either drown under it or I could reach out for different life preservers to try to stay float in it. And that's what I tried to actively do. So again, that comes from knowing what your response might be to yeah. a particular situation or tragedy and implementing the tools that you need to make it work. Did you know what they were? Like, was it that intentional or did it just unfurl? It was a little bit on autopilot. It was like I like my subconscious kind of kicked in and was like, all right, we're going to do this. But it also was intentional. It's like, because obviously I'm picking out the food at the grocery store. Right. And I'm like, I challenge myself to do all whole foods. I'm going to try to get a regular sleep regime, but I'm also not going to try to hold back feelings that are bad. But I know I have to keep my body at a state that it's going to start doing things chemically in my brain that are going to protect me a little bit because I need all the help I can get. 
and then watching what came in, right? Because everything that leaves us creates room for new things to come in. And all these new people came into my life that were all direct gifts from her. And some people returned. Mm -hmm. And seeing that and watching that magic happen, I was like, okay, I see you. I see what you're doing. Thank you. And I would say she left us, but she didn't leave us alone. I think for anybody that's in a space of navigating loss, either fresh mm -hmm. this past year or decades, mm -hmm. that's a really important reminder. Like we may be left, but we were not left alone. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And how, and how do we honor them through all the things that they taught us, all the ways that they love to live and what they liked to do? Bring that. How do you bring that into your life? It's like when you go on a vacation and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing pillow I ever had. Go buy that pillow for your house. Why do you save that for vacation? And how do you incorporate it into your everyday? Oh, you've had so much fun going to this one spot with this one person who's not there anymore. Go there. Introduce a new friend to it. Mm -hmm. I was in an environment, relationship, with somebody whose daily mantra to me was, tone it down. Can you imagine somebody telling me to tone it down? I'm like 11. Let's turn the amp up to 11. <laughs> and... It was like a slow gas leak. And I would be made fun of for the way I ran, for shirts that I wore. For... And it was because there was this person who wasn't living in that way for a multitude of reasons. But you're in this space and you love somebody and you just don't notice the changes that are happening. And when I realized I was free from that, and I could get back to the things that I like and allowed myself to have the things I like that lit me up instantly. It was so much fun. It's, if, it does, if something doesn't jump off the rack in a store, I know it's not for me. If I have to think about it, I need to keep moving. I need to have a full body F yes to what's yeah. in front of me. And the sequin pants are just glittery and disco ball-y and all things party and fun. And so I just started adding those into my wardrobe. Now, you're just jogging this in my mind now. I was with another romantic liaison who made it known. Yeah, not really a fan of, of sequin anything. Not ecologically, whatever. I'm like, whatever. And so I wasn't wearing those. And now I'm like, oh, that should have been my first sign. But you don't like the sequins? See ya. Somebody was telling me that what I liked made them uncomfortable. And I had to learn that wasn't something about me. That was something about them and showing me that it wasn't a fit. I feel like we all want to be in relationship with humans who are like, oh, who are you? Yeah, let's turn that up. Mm -hmm. And if we're in a relationship where we either want to turn the other person down or we're feeling like 
the volume is going down. We have a responsibility there. I'm sitting with that because there's something really, even as a mom, right? When I'm seeing my kids be something and I'm like, no, you need to turn that down because you are being too whatever in this moment. It's like, where is that coming from? It's coming from an urge to protect in being a mom, I think. And like concerned about external judgment. But really, I want to be in a world where the person's, oh, that's who you are? Bump it. There's some thinking that needs to happen with that. Yeah. And tying that into loss and realizing like we're here living now and we have to do it. I had an interesting moment right after Madison passed. And this is, it sounds so superficial. I ran out of my little tube of lipstick that I have worn for years and years and years. And I'm like, maybe there's a different shade. Like not even different brand. I'm like, just a shade, just a tinge of a little change. And I'm like, I better go in and test it. So I old school, pull up to the mall, go to the makeup counter and look around. I had done online research. Colors the best. But I'm like, I have to know. Tried it on, tried a different type, different formula, and put it on. And I was like, hmm. And a customer was there and turned around. She goes, Oh my goodness, that is your color. That's incredible. This is Hollywood glamour. This is, but, but only for special occasions. This is special occasion lipstick. And I turned to her and I said, it's an everyday, a special occasion. We got to do today. Yeah. We work today. Every day is a special occasion. I will go running in this lipstick. I will go to the supermarket in my little country bumpkin town in this lipstick, like, because it makes me feel good. I like it. And why am I holding back? Because it might make somebody uncomfortable or think, oh, she looks like she's ready for a special occasion. Who does she think she is? Every day is a special occasion. Every day is. Where is an area that you're taking a next step today? Doing this interview with you. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, where are we going to go? What are we going to talk about? Because we have experienced this very large loss. We have had years of very deep, intense friendship and connection. And we know each other in this really beautiful way that it doesn't matter if there's a month or two that go by, like we just, we fall, we fall right back into it. And that's such a beautiful thing to have with people. And you said one of the, in one of the multiple times we've reconnected since the loss of Madison, you said, I don't want to miss people I don't have to miss. Mic drop. I'm recognizing that with age and with the privilege of that, the number of people that I'm going to miss is going to grow. And that if I want to be living in the present and not be 
in like the balance of missing versus living. Like I'm going to have to make sure that my living is growing at least as much as my missing is growing. I'm not willing to tip over into the missing. Like I can be joyful for the lives that I get to miss now. But it also means like I have to be really thoughtful about living the living part. I think it brief compounds. And I think that's something that I am continually surprised by. And I don't know why it keeps like a riptide drawing me out. It's like somebody else has loss. And I'm empathetic. And it's it stirs up the riptide of all of the loss that I know too. A friend and I were talking on Saturday about this and I was like, yes, I have to swim alongside. If I were stuck in a riptide in the ocean, I have to swim alongside the grief in order to get back to shore. Like I can't be struggling in the riptide of it. But the riptide, I'm, I'm recognizing that as I'm getting older, it is stronger. I have to swim alongside it for a little bit longer than I wanted to. Because I've had more. Because if I try to just fight it and go back to shore, it's going to take me under. You have to surrender to it. You're in it. Yeah. You're not out of it. You're in it. And fighting that is not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. That's a beautiful analogy to grief. New grief just takes me right back there. When we lost Madison, I felt the the sadness of losing my papa, losing Damon, losing George's mom, like my grandma Teresa, my grandpa. Like I felt all of those losses anew on top of. I look at some people and I see them like calcified by their loss. Yes. And it's, what am I not then to do that? Because certainly I don't want that outcome. The anecdote is living. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. The dead teach me how to live. Friday night was at the Metropolitan Museum of Art and just meandering aimlessly and got to the Impressionists, Post-Impressionists, and Picasso and Van Gogh. One of Madison's favorite artists was Van Gogh. And there's the beautiful Picasso sunflower painting there. There are the wilted sunflowers of Van Gogh. There's Van Gogh's self-portrait. She was even Van Gogh for Halloween one year as a school-aged child. This is and there's this moment where I was just like, and I'd walked in and I'd crossed Madison Avenue. And I'd like, she, every time I'm in that city, I think of her because we would always like pilgrimage there once a year. And I, she's just intrinsically woven into my experience of that city. And it was like going to church almost, like yeah. being there and things and realizing she's not here but she's here yeah 
I think my biggest takeaway from this conversation is to be an encourager for people to turn up their volume. To, to take the extra few minutes to be intentional this holiday season. And, and notice where I'm being encouraged to turn it up. And spend more time with those people. What are you taking back? To maybe turn the tap on a little bit stronger and flood the people in my life with more encouragement. And when I see them starting to really sparkle, to be like, yes, glow brighter. Yeah. Yeah. And becoming more consciously aware of who's saying tone it down versus turn it up. For me, at least, I've walked away with some substantial grief in my life. And it can feel crushing and it can also be the thing that launches you even higher. That was just a mic truck moment. Thank you, Colleen, for sharing yourself with us. And uh, I hope to get to see that red lipstick in person really soon. <laughs> 